Good morning, church. It is awesome to see you in God's house. Did y'all just rise this morning? We're here to wish her the Lord God Almighty. I hope you will join us in worship today. Let's put our hands together. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Even if I run away, your love never fails. 
We thankful for that love, amen, church? Amen. We thank you for his love. Thank you, Lord, for your unfailing mercy and your love, Lord. Come on. We sing it together. So why would I worry when giants come calling my name? Oh, my God is so much bigger than the troubles I face. Why would I hunger for power or riches or fame? Oh, my God is so much better than all of these things. So I won't be
who he is, amen? Bigger and greater and stronger than our mountain. We sing to our mountain. It's gotta, it's gotta move, amen? Sing it with me. Time won't be my God. Amen. Is that, is that ours? Amen. Come on, lift up a shout this morning if that's who he is. Amen. That's right. That's our God. That's our God. That's our God. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are our sustaining rock. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you, Lord, in a time of need. Thank you, Jesus. For his own creation, the God of heaven, you are named. Formed in his reflection, we are his glory on display. Stumble. 
come before you this morning, Lord, not just as ordinary people, God, we come before you, Lord, as sons and as daughters. Uh, we thank you, Lord, because we know you're, uh, 
we know it's because of the work that Christ did that we are able to enter into sonship, into daughterhood, Lord, and we're able to experience communion, fellowship with you like nothing before, Lord. And that's why you're moving right here in this place. That's why your spirit is here, Lord. And we thank you for sending us your spirit, God. I pray over this time of worship and over this service this morning, and I pray that your spirit continues to move, Lord. I pray that you lead us. I pray you instruct us, and I pray you guide our hearts this morning. I thank you and I praise you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen, church. Hey, family. Hey, sons and daughters. Let's, let's take a moment. Let's greet one another as worship comes to an end this morning. Good morning, my family. Yo, yo, yo. So good to see you in the house of the Lord good today. Good morning. Roxy and I had to go catch our breath real quick. Ooh. Quick outfit change, and we're good. <laughs> good morning, our family. Hey, welcome to the house of the Lord. We want to welcome you into his house. Uh, what an awesome time of worship. My name is Michael Romero. I'm your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And my name is Roxy, and I'm part of your worship team, and it's an honor. And welcome to all of amen. those on you, uh, all of those right. online as well. Welcome to the house of God. Amen. Welcome to the house, amen. Let's welcome those online, church. Yeah, we can welcome them. That's right. We sure can. Our Man, brothers and sisters watch us from you, afar. Yeah. We had such a good time of worship. Let me tell you, let me tell you, church, why worship was so awesome for me personally today. I, I just came to worship today, but... We don't stand up here just to sing. We stand up here because we want to lead you into worship. And there is nothing better for us as worship leaders than to hear you worshiping the God Almighty. And I heard that this morning. I thank you so much for worshiping with us. Y'all sounded Amen. amazing. It's, Amen. It's, you know, it's life-changing, Rox. Uh, it, it's life-changing. I was just having a conversation with somebody in between services, and this is just goes to to how we, we love one another here at New Beginnings and how much you guys love each other. Um, how life-changing this worship portion of our services where somebody's life completely transforms and gets pulled into it. And they said, I don't know what it is. And I said, you know, because I've, I've been a part of this congregation now for 30 Ooh. years, 30, 31 years now He's I have. He's way older than me, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> Thank you, Roxy. I've only been here for five. <laughs> but I've, I've been a part of this congregation. But, you know, the heart we get pulled into, and I said, it's because when we worship together, family, we worship as one heart. Right. Not as individuals, but at that moment, we become one heart. Right. And I love it. So Because we are all that, sons and daughters Amen. of the one they should God write a song Almighty. Like that. Amen. They should. They, they should. should write something a song about like being sons and daughters, something right? Like yeah. That. Really, I agree. Really awesome. we, we might try it out. Church, some awesome stuff going on in church today. Uh, you're in uh, today. If you're here for baptism, praise the Lord because Amen. right after, actually, that we're actually, when we complete 
these announcements. We're going to be dismissing, if you're here for uh, baptisms, we're going to be dismissing right outside these doors. Matter of fact, if we can do that now, if you're here for baptism, I'll ask you to go ahead and head out to these doors right over here, and they can usher you to the room where we're going to have a quick orientation for baptism. But if you have not yet been baptized, today is Baptism Sunday. Today is the day. Amen. I don't hear any celebrations for that because today... Come on, church. That is a celebration. Yeah. Man. That is a celebration. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's, Amen. it's a transforming day in your life. It's not, it's not like you're going to rise up out of the waters and suddenly feel, oh, that's not what it is. What it is, though, is it's the outward expression of the inward work you have been doing to transform your life and dedicate your life to Jesus on a daily basis. It's a walk and a step of faith. If you are thinking about it, then amen. Um, pray about it. Talk to someone about it. Read up about it. Ask your neighbor in church about it. Or they could come to the class. Even if you're not 100%, if, even if you're not 100% today, but you've been thinking about it, God's been working on your heart, just go to the class mm -hmm. and find out what it's out. If, if you go to the class and you decide you're not ready, that's all right. Nobody's going to hold it against you. We'll just... You know, it's all right. I'm glad that you're searching, right? That's keep, right. It's, keep it's looking been, for answers. You're at least educated on it. That's right. And maybe the Lord will lead you to do it maybe next month because there's also one next month. Right. But I want you to prayerfully consider about doing it today. But if you can, hang out after service. That will be today. And so I want you to hang. And then right after that, we get to hang out a little bit more because you get to find out a little bit more about me and some of the pastors on staff as well. It's Meet the Pastors Day. That's Amen. Right. Pastor Richard will not be here, but. Nobody's really celebrating for that either. No. Nobody wants to get to know us. But let me tell you, there are awesome Thanks people on staff. Pastor Michael, it's very kind yeah. of you to preach, for, to clap for Pastor Michael. But there's <laughs> other pastors. Pastor Chuck will be there. Pastor Eddie Mirabal That's will be right. there. Pastor Chris will be there. Um, David from Youth pastor will be there mm -hmm. sister jessica will be there That's all right. of these amazing leaders of your church that you should come out and meet so that they can know who it is that they are a servant for right they are right. here to serve god and you uh, and lead you to christ and they want to know who you are so come out and meet them and the best part is michael what's the best part the best part is you get to do a little bit of munching yep there's some food Food. There's some food. We like food around Christians here. Christians don't go to events unless there's food, Sister Roxy. I know. I remember Sister that. Sister Roxy, there's got to be food for Christians to show we up. We got some Manna. snacks. It's some something, some That's something, right? right? But here, here's the other thing. I know you probably had after plans, uh, plans to go to eat somewhere, right. right? Yeah. And I know you're worried about it, but let me tell you the good thing. What's the good thing about waiting a little bit longer? You get hungrier, that's but, right, but you also avoid all of the lines. Every, all right. the church, all the after lunch crowd is gone. Right. You walk into the restaurant, they're like, yeah, we got your table waiting for you right now. Cuba. Ready right? to go. Bro. Ready to go. You've had so, your appetizers here. We want to invite you to that because you also, vision casting, you get to Amen. know, number one, where our ministry began, where we are now where we want to be so it's not just getting to know me as an individual but getting to really know the ministry getting your finger on the pulse of new beginnings and finding out who we are what we're all about where where our heart is at and where we're going amen amen so most that's important. really the most important piece like it's it's cool that we get to know each other which on a personal level we love it but i want you to also understand who we are and where we're going and what the churches that's right. that you belong to, where it's headed as that's well, right. right? And that's today. And then Wednesday, family, 
Wednesday uh, is, of course, youth. We always have our youth, but the important thing about youth on Wednesday is that our camp registration for summer youth camp, which is coming up already, and is going to be in May, uh, at the end of May, May 29th through June the 3rd this year, okay? May 29th through June the 3rd, it's already here. Um, and it goes live. Our registration will be live on Wednesday. So, amen? Hey, look at them. Young people. Yeah, excitement over young there. Young people are happy. That's right. Uh, young people's parents and guardians are happy. So everything will be good. And then fundraising will be here, hopefully by then as well. Hopefully the, slow the donkey from China and the carriage gets will be here yeah. by then. Yeah, slow, yeah. slow coming. But let me and tell you, I know we hype up. We hype up youth camp and things like IYC, and we talk about how much fun they are. And, and don't get me wrong, they are lots and lots of fun for the youth, and that's one of the reasons that we um, want them to go. But there's a more important and more fundamental reason why we encourage you to encourage the youth in your, in your lives to attend youth camp, and that's because it is life transformational. It changes their lives. They hear messages in a way that is, is specifically directed to them in their lingo, in their way of life, in their walk, in that time. And they carry those messages with them for the rest of their life. And that's what it's all about, church. It's getting them for the fun is good, but getting them there for the message that's going to change their life. That's what it's all about. So encourage the youth in your life to attend. My kids went every single time. They never missed, and they were sad when they aged out, but they had a great time, and it was transformational for them as well. So talk to your people. If you, if you don't have anyone in your life and you still want to participate, you can donate to someone Amen. who maybe can't afford to send all three of their teenage kids to camp at the same time. You can be the catalyst. You can be the change. Amen in that family's life. So think about it, pray about it, and, and find a way to get involved. Man, so we encourage you to do that. Hey, church, one final uh, announcement that I want to make about an, uh, an opportunity. Um, a lot have been, of course, a lot of been, a lot of people, a lot of couples have been asking about a marriage uh, seminar or how, what are we doing with marriage counseling, those kind of things. And New Beginnings has partnered um, and not partnered, rather, but we have been working with a group of people that have been training for the last few months to truly focus on marriage. I want you to see this video real quick. Turn your attention to the screens. We came to re-engage because we had become roommates. We were looking forward to learning some new things to help improve our marriage. There was an infidelity and a pornography addiction that she wasn't aware of. We were headed for divorce. We heard it was a safe place to reconnect with your spouse. And I had an affair, and I was ready to leave my family for it. We were in the downward spiral in our marriage. Uh, we were just constantly fighting. The first time we walked into Reengage, I actually felt hope. I was just very nervous to see what was going to be revealed. I felt, finally, this is a place where I do not have to pretend. This class would require sharing and transparency, which was not something that I was used to. I really didn't want to tell people about what was going on in our marriage. I was very fearful. Uh, being an atheist, I had never willingly walked into a church. And I was so grateful as we walked in that there were people there to greet us that were so kind. The first time I walked into Reengage, I felt hope and peace. It was the first time I had ever heard people talk about really hard things they had been through and also hear that it could be okay. One of the biggest things I realized was that 
I was the biggest problem in our marriage, not my spouse. I had blocked out feelings, not only from my wife, but also from myself. We did an amazing job sweeping conflict under the rug, which over the years has resulted in resentment and uh, mistrust. Terry and I have been married for 19 years, and there are still areas that we can improve on. One of the biggest things I realized going through Reengage was how God's Word came alive. God actually had designed marriage. Our reengaged couples poured love into us and accepted us uh, without any expectation. And there was a, a true desire to understand and not necessarily judge what I was doing. One of the things I, I liked about reengage was being able to share our story, talk about it freely in a safe environment. Now our marriage is characterized as one full of love and grace. Our marriage is characterized by putting Christ at the center. Daily prayers, a lot of laughter. It's not perfect, but our disagreements are now opportunities. If you're considering coming to reengage, the one thing I would want you to know is that you will be surprised at the relationships that you'll build there. It's worth giving God an opportunity to come in to your marriage. Church, we understand, amen, we understand it's always a need, and there's always, marriage will never be perfect, but church, we want to encourage you that we'll be beginning in, in, the, in the middle of February. Uh, we, have, uh, we, as a church, have invested in this beautiful curriculum called Reengage for those struggling in their marriages, and we want to just let you know that that's coming up, and if that's something... Um, that interests you for maybe you and your spouse. Maybe it's something that you guys are going through. I ask you to prayerfully consider uh, this program, re-engage. It has been months in the work. It's nothing that we just said, hey, we should show this video tomorrow and just start this tomorrow. It's something that we have been working toward because it's such a big need. I mean, like we have been talking about, we are, what are we teaching on lately? We're talking about rebuild. We're talking about rebuilding. We're talking about all these things. So it's just part of our grand vision to say we have to rebuild. This is what we are doing, rebuilding. And so church, perfectly consider that if that's something that the Lord has uh, been calling on you and your spouse. And we ask you to please perfectly consider about that. So everything we talked about today and all so many more opportunities are all available for you on the app. If you would pull it out or you look at our Facebook page or our website page, because sometimes we don't remember the dates or sometimes we don't go through everything. There's so much happening in church um, and so many different programs and things that you can get involved in that we would ask you to not rely on us as we, we stand up here because we, you know, forget stuff. But the app doesn't. It's always there. So take a look at that and see if you, there's something else that maybe you would want to participate always in. Always a way to connect with us once you scan this QR code that's behind me on the screen or on the screen in front of you for you watching at home. You can connect with us here on this screen if you want to sign up to get baptized or maybe dedicate your children or just ask us a question at the front office. Don't be afraid to scan that QR code and always just connect with us there. Amen. And then I also want to remind you just before we turn over the pulpit, always remind you that the tithing boxes are here at our, at our entrances into the sanctuary at every single one of our exits here and entrance here. It's a great opportunity for you to keep getting involved and staying obedient to his word, to his call. And to what he has called us to do because we couldn't do it. We couldn't do the work. We couldn't reach up, reach in and reach out without all of that. And we say thank you so much for your obedience in doing that. Amen. And we turn over the pulpit. Brother David, come and do your thing, my brother. Thank you, church. We love you all. Hey, good morning, church. How are we doing today? 
Oh, we're nice and awake. I see we got the coffee on the way in. Good to hear, good to hear. Did y'all see the donuts out there too? I think there was a Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, so good. The best. Don't we have the best church in the world, man? I love being here Sundays, Wednesdays, week in, week out. Church, if, if we haven't met yet, my name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church. I work primarily with the kids over here and next door. Uh, all the kids over here that I forgot to dismiss, huh? Oh, I got to dismiss. The youth may be dismissed. I always... It's like every week, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's not that hard to dismiss them, guys, and here I am forgetting to dismiss. <laughs> How funny. Uh, but anyway, I'm always there. I'm always hanging out with these kids. I love these kids. You guys have some of the best kids in the world. Uh, I learn so much from them, and, and hopefully they're learning so much from me, and we're always having such a great time. And, you know, earlier um, during announcements, uh, Roxy was talking about camp, and Roxy and Pastor Mike were talking about it. And I want to let you all know, camp, it's no joke, for real. Last year, uh, we, you know, we, every year we train the counselors. We tell them, uh, hey, guys, every time we do an altar call, whenever there's worship towards the end of the night, make sure you're ready, like standing at the front so that way you can pray with the students. Um, by the last day of camp, all the students were praying for each other. Like all the counselors were out of a job because all the kids had experienced God so mightily that his presence came in and just transformed so many of these kids that by the end of it, they were like, I'm not going to go ask for prayer. I'm just going to go start giving it. You know, these are the things that take place at Camp Church. These are the things that also you guys provide through your giving, through your support. And, and so once again, I want to extend the invitation. If you feel led to sponsor a child this year, you can talk with me, with Pastor Mike. Lena Mazaranich is also helping a lot with, uh, with camp stuff this year. And so if you feel led to do any of that this year, church, uh, just know that it, it, it always goes a long way. Always goes a long way. But anyway, we've been in this series uh, called Rebuilding Our Future, talking about how can we take some steps to actively build our future, you know, as, as the series is called. Uh, you know, we're, we're on the fifth week. This is our fifth Sunday of January, I believe. And this isn't, aren't you guys also like, hey, when is February coming around? Are you with me? Doesn't, doesn't it feel like a long month? You see what happens? It's like the first couple of weeks of January, we're all like, new year, new me. And then finally we get back to work. And then we get back in the rhythm, and then here we are, and it's like, oh, I'm just waiting for February, and this month we'll get it, right? No, but church, we've been trying to, to center ourselves, to rein it all in, and to understand what does God want from us this year? How can we rebuild the things we've lost? Let's be honest, church, it's been a rough couple of years, and not just on an individual level. Just look at the country. Just look at education. Just look at the stuff that these young people, the stuff that this youth group faces, man. They tell me some stuff that they see at high, in, in their schools that's like, man, I was, I, was at, I was at Del Norte High School over there just a few years ago. You know, I graduated class of 2018, and they're encountering some stuff that I never thought they, these kids would see, man. It's been rough, especially after the pandemic, and we're still trying to rebuild. So how can we invite God into the process of rebuilding, and how can we walk in step, walk in God's will in order to strengthen the work, to continue the work that God has begun in our lives for his glory and for our good? And so today, specifically, we'll be talking about working together. How do we get along to work together? You know, it, it, like, have you guys ever done a, a group project back in school? Now, I remember some of us, some of you guys are already here like a little frustrated because, yeah, I was the guy that did all the projects. And some of us are out here just reminiscing like, yeah, I did nothing, none of those projects, you know. We all had different experiences, but everybody was always a little frustrated with each other, right? Every time these group projects happen in school, whether it's high school, college, I, I remember middle school, like, oh, man, group projects. Working together just has a way sometimes of bringing out 
the best in people, but sometimes we drop the ball or others drop the ball and we have to figure out how to work with it. How do we pick up the pieces and keep going? Uh, this last week I was talking with Pastor Richard and he shared with me a story that I just, I just thought it was great. Uh, it's a really short story. I'll share it with you real quick. It goes like this. There were once four people. They were gathered together to complete an important task. And the names of the four people were everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. The important task was explained to them, and everybody was sure that somebody could get it done. Anybody could have done it, but nobody ended up doing it. Somebody got angry because nobody did it, because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could have done it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. And at the end of the day, everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. <laughs> Simple, fun little story, right? But it's, it's the story, isn't it, church? It's a story of what we see when maybe when politicians fail, what we see when maybe uh, we, we lose trust in the school system. It's, it's what we see when we have relational issues, a lack of accountability with our coworkers, with our peers, when there's been relational damage done in family units. It's the same story over and over again, or even down to the nitty gritty like parents. Uh, I finally moved out. I finally pay my own bills. I understand why you're so upset about the lights always being on now, you know? I get it now. <laughs> But it plays out all over the place. And we as followers of Christ, we are called to be peacemakers. We are called to put the pieces together and to keep building this thing, to keep uh, participating in the story of the new humanity and the redeemed people that Christ is bringing forth through his Holy Spirit. That's what we're called to. And so how do we get people to take responsibility for getting along and for doing their work, church? How do we do it? Using the third chapter of the book of Nehemiah today, we'll be unpacking some strategies that are proven to be effective for these things, and we'll be diving into Nehemiah chapter 3 specifically to look at how to help people get along to work together. Let's pray, church. Spirit of God, we just invite you in here once again, and we're grateful and excited for who you are and just what you can do, Lord. We love you. We, we love your presence. Thank you for filling us with, with your spirit, God. I pray that you guide my words. I pray that uh, you allow it to be not David who speaks, but the Lord who speaks this morning, God. I pray uh, that you soften our hearts, God, and allow for your word to fall on fertile soil so that way we can reap a beautiful harvest. It's in your beautiful name we pray, God. Amen. Now, church, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to do you a big favor. We're not going to read all of Nehemiah chapter 3 front to back. There's 32 verses. Chapter, it's verse 1 through 32. Uh, there's a lot of names that are really hard to pronounce. And frankly, well, uh, anybody else used to be that kid in public school? Now, when the teacher asked him to read, everyone in class would be like, oh, not this guy again. You know, all the stuttering and stuff like that. But not even, not even that church, more than anything, I want to invite you uh, to go read this at home. Go read this at, on your own. If you're not ready in the process, and, and if you're not ready in the habit of cracking open the Bible and reading scripture on your own, I want to invite you to do that through this series. I want you to, uh, to go ahead and read Nehemiah chapter 3, and while you're at it, read chapter 2 and read chapter 1, because these last few weeks, we've really been camping out in the book of Nehemiah. We've been doing a bit of a study on it. And so I want to invite you, church, go home and 
read this, pick it apart on your own. You might see stuff that I miss. You might see some other stuff that God just really, really needs to hammer in for you because they say the word is living and active, right? And so I wanna just humbly invite you to go home today or maybe tomorrow morning and crack open the word and on your own, read Nehemiah chapter three, because by doing so, by getting into this habit, you make your faith your own. And there's nothing more beautiful than that, church. Uh, but we will be, nevertheless, dissecting the book of Nehemiah. We'll be picking it apart. And some key things I, wanna, I want you to look at is, uh, here's some facts for Nehemiah chapter 3. The word build is used 30 times in that chapter. The word worked is used 24 times in this chapter. The word rebuilt is used 29 times. And the word repaired is used 31 times in this chapter. This story is a story of a big project. If you remember last week when Pastor Mike spoke, he had told us some more of the details of basically Nehemiah was trying to gather people to rebuild city walls. And that's no small project, right? Like we don't have a, a big gated, you know, area around Albuquerque. But if we did, you know, probably wouldn't be the smallest or the cheapest project. Uh, and so that was a task that was at hand. And with a task so big, how do we, especially as Christians, as people who were called to serve, you know, every time a Christian is in a, a, a position of authority, every time a Christian has authority, we need to uh, be loving with that authority and we can't overly demand and work our people to death. And so how do we, you know, go after such big dreams, such big goals, or as Pastor Richard always says, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One by at a time. And so that's our first point this morning. Delegate the vision to smaller, point, to smaller goals and smaller tasks. The, the key phrase in this section is, or the key phrase here is the word section is used 26 times. There's 26 different sections mentioned here. 26 different areas, different groups of people were working to accomplish this goal that Nehemiah had set out to do. It says in verse 3 that the fish gate was uh, done by a group of siblings, and the next section was done by another person. Verse, four, verse 5, the next section was done by the people of Tekoa. Old city gate in verse 6 it was done by another two people, and so on and so forth. We need to delegate church to, to allow others to participate little by little to the overarching vision. And the best way to do this, family, is by step number two. Let others share the ownership of the vision. We have to share ownership of the vision. Uh, the key phrase here is, by his own house. That's mentioned six times in this section. Jedediah, Nehemiah 3.10, build by his own house. Hashabiah, built uh, by his own house. The priests were, uh, repaired the section immediately across his house and church. These principles right here, these little thoughts, these little plans of action, they're not just plans of action. They are powerful tools because let me tell you something. Psychologically, if you get a person to work in their immediate area, if you allow them to take ownership of the work of the task at hand, their heart gets behind it. Are you with me, church? Like, when we first moved to the United States, my mom could tell you she's sitting over here front row. We first moved right over here, Montgomery and San Mateo, into these little apartments. Then later on, we moved right behind Del Norte High School in those little apartments. And now she has a house right over here. And now I live in the apartments over here. This is my hood, guys. I lived here my whole life. And when I tell you I care about everything that happens here. Like I see Raising Cane's coming up and I'm like, oh, there's gonna be more traffic. So how cool. And uh, it's probably tons of teenagers from Del Norte can go. We can get the youth to come too and invite kids to youth. And you know, just so many things are happening here. This has a way of getting our passions into our work. And beyond that, 
by sharing the vision. We are sharing the authority. We are empowering others. That's why we do what we do here at New Beginnings Church. There are some churches who, uh, they like to shy away from establishing their mission or establishing their beliefs for fear of offending people, for fear of giving off the wrong message, being uh, whatever reason. But we are loud and clear about what we're here to do. We are here to heal and restore lives through the love of Jesus Christ by reaching up, by reaching in, and by reaching out. And so church, these are not only principles for us to accomplish goals in our own life. These are principles that are actively at play. These are mechanisms actively at play here at the church. That's why Pastor Richard's got reach up, reach in, reach out everywhere. It's right over there, uh, right, right by the camera, right behind you guys, if you haven't seen that. It's on the other side of the wall too, because here at New Beginnings Church, that's our goal. We want to reach up and connect with God because through him, we get this power like no other. We get transformation. We get healing, restoration, everything we could need, the supernatural strength, everything we get when we reach up and we reach in. We then learn what to do with all that we've received. We get to reflect and understand what God is doing, where he's at work and where I fit into it. And when we reach out, church, that's when the magic happens. That's when the magic happens. And so we need to take ownership of this vision and share it with others. Number three, you notice Nehemiah organizes people around natural relationships. In Nehemiah 14, he says, 314, it says he grouped people by families. Nehemiah 3.1, it says Eliashib and his fellow priests were grouped together. Uh, in Nehemiah 3.12, Shalom and his daughters were grouped together, which by the way, this is a construction project. You notice how hard the laser working to represent sisters, come on, you know? <laughs> What's it called? And he grew people together by their natural relationships. That's a principle that's always at play here to church. Um, I went through a season a while ago where I just loved kind of church hopping a little bit. Like I wouldn't like go in and like, you know, just church hop for the sake of church hopping, but I've always been a church nerd. I grew up in the church. I, I've, I've been to Pentecostal churches, Baptist churches, Reformed churches, all of the churches, you know, and I like going and I'm just like, okay, they do this and wow, these guys are loud and okay, cool. And I'm just here learning and taking notes. And at some places we learn what to do, at others we learn what not to do. Uh, but more than anything, church, I know the feeling of walking into a building you see a group of people there, you see a group of people there, and you're just like, where do I go? Where do I fit? You know? And uh, sometimes it feels a bit clickish, but the, the, key, the key here, church, the thing we got to understand is we're followers of Christ, and we are simply allowing these relationships to flow organically. You notice the worship team, they're really, really tight. They're, they love each other like nobody's business. And it makes sense if you just take a step back and understand what's happening. It's a bunch of people who are musicians, they probably like music, probably listen to music, they probably talk about music, you know? Uh, they, they love to joke, they love to chat, and they serve here together, they're passionate about serving. These elements of their personalities, God has used to fuse them together into a family, and that's why they're able to do what they do on this platform so well. And our job, church, is to allow these natural relationships to continue unfolding for you to find where you fit in your proper place. Are you a musician? Do you know how music works? It's just coming up a couple of nights. Hey, Javier, uh, like, which style do you drum? Like, wh what's your favorite genre of, of music for, like, drumming along to? You can ask uh, AJ, hey, how long have you been playing the bass? What kind of bass do you use? Little things we can ask. Musicians, you can just connect over that. If you have teenagers, you can... We probably have a great conversation about teenagers, just you and I, with me being the youth minister and all, you know. If you have kids, Jessica Ramirez knows kids 
back and forth. That's why she's our kids minister. That's why she is the best in the business church. Just find where you connect, whatever pertains to you, wherever you see an extension of you, wherever you see a little bit of yourself, we organize around these organically grown natural relationships. That's how we do it, church. And number four, we develop a team spirit. You notice in Nehemiah chapter 3, the phrase next to them is used 21 times, and 18 different teams are mentioned. Once again, this was a big project that Nehemiah was working on. And how do you eat an elephant? Oh, one bite at a time. One bite at a time. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And three is even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken church. That's why we always emphasize Jesus at the center. Come on. Jesus at the center. When two people are brought together and Jesus is the glue that holds them together, that cord is not easily broken. And that's true for marriages, for dating relationships, but also just friendships. We keep Jesus at the center and let him be that glue that develops the team spirit church. We're all a team. And I can't say that enough. We are all a team. We are all a family in Christ. Paul even goes so far in the Bible to use the language of, hey, Christians, we belong to each other. We belong to each other. We're accountable to each other. We are a team. You know, I um, I don't know if you all realize, but I'm starting to, to come to the understanding that we live in a culture that if I generally go out and meet a person and they find out what I do for a living, they find out, you know, I'm a youth minister, that I work at a church, I very often am going to be put in a position where I have to defend my reasoning for being a Christian. Or I have to say, don't worry, I'm not one of those Christians, you know? And there there are some forms of Christianity out there that are making a bad name for those of us who are truly just seeking to humbly follow Jesus, you know? And so what we ought to understand, church, as a family is that we need to hold each other accountable. We see your sister, we see your brother going one way they shouldn't. Let's pull them back and say, friend, I love you. We are a team. We belong to one another. We are the body of Christ. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it, says the word. Verse, or point number five. Love everybody, but invest in the willing workers. Um, there's this idea known as the Pareto principle. Uh, it's the idea that 20% of people tend to do 80% of the work, or the 80-20 rule, right? Um, and this is something that we see. We, we, we see it played out all over the place, right? Uh, especially with, like I said earlier, with the name, the reputation some Christians are gaining out in the public sphere. It's, it's likely 20% of the Christians are giving 80% of all that stuff. Are you with me? It's something that we see all the time. And so we have to learn how to deal with this. We have to learn to love everybody but invest in the willing workers. And we can look at the book of Nehemiah to see how he did it. Because you'll notice in Nehemiah 3.5, he's talking, he's, he's saying next were the Tekoa people, though their leaders refused to work with the construction supervisors. Specifically said people refused to work, but they got it done. How do they do it, church? How do we do it? 
how do we continue to do this work when people just, like, I, I hear, I hear the, my, my older people, my older friends saying it all the time, like, oh, this generation just doesn't know how to work. How do we deal with that? I'll, I'll take that on the chin. Yeah, we can be lazy sometimes, you know? And we're working on it. I'm growing, you know? I'm, I, I'd, I'd like to think I'm a pretty good hard, hard worker, but as for everybody else, how do we spur them along? Number one, don't waste time judging others. We should not waste time judging others. Romans 4, 10, uh, 4 verse 10 and verses 12 through 13 says, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we all will stand before the judgment seat of God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. You notice the connection here between judging and becoming a stumbling block or a hindrance, the way Paul laid that out? It's not a coincidence. You see, sometimes, and this might just be me, but I'm sure there's some people here who resonate. Sometimes we talk a little too much, you know? Uh, what's it called? The, the Bible says to be quick to speak or quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick to listen and slow to speak. And that's one of those things that we're always working on it. And sometimes uh, maybe uh, just with a group of people, we see one guy who's just not doing what they're doing and we just want to let them know, hey man, I see that you're being a little scumbag right now. You know, and we have our ways of doing it. And oftentimes that's not going to resolve anything, church. And because we're just judging but not offering solutions, and so we're wasting time. That's why Proverbs says, even the foolish man seems wise when kept silent. Sometimes we have to learn, hey, people are going to do what people do. Let's not judge them and instead move, keep moving forward, church. We are to keep moving forward because on the judgment day, they're going to have to answer for that moment. Just like I'm going to have to answer to my moment whenever I yelled at them, you know? And so therefore, the best thing we can do is have that tunnel vision focused on Jesus and trust that he will direct us and he will do everything according to his will. And by the way, church, just one thing I realized. Anybody here just love binging TV shows on Netflix? Anybody been watching that 90s show, stuff like that? Yeah? We've been keeping up, right? And a lot of us, especially who are into dramas, anyone actually like Breaking Bad? No, some of us, yeah. I'm really into Breaking Bad, Better Call Saw. So every time you see like something bad happen to one of the main characters, we don't think, the series is over, the main character died, the main character's gone. No, we know that the writers are doing something to thicken the plot, to make the story even juicier, so that way when that season finale comes, oh, it's gonna be good, and you best believe I'm gonna rewatch that one over and over again. But if we can identify that within TV shows that we watch, why aren't we able to identify that this stumbling block, this person that's being difficult, this person that's just, oh, I'm done with them, they're just thickening the plot. And on the other side of that, there is victory waiting for us in Jesus. On the other side of that, there is glory waiting for us because God is a master storyteller, church. I mean, we're reading this book of Nehemiah, and there's so many different ways to, to study Scripture. You've got the inductive method. You've got the ABC Scripture method, all kinds of different things, Electio Divina. This, we're kind of just looking at the narrative and pulling out the themes, right? And the, the reason we're doing that is because we understand that God revealed himself through narrative. He revealed himself through this story. He's constantly... He, he revealed to us by telling us the greatest story ever told of the God who became man, 
and gave himself as a living sacrifice. And the story doesn't end there because he sent us his spirit, church. And we live empowered through that spirit. And the story keeps going. And you are the main character of yours. And I am the main character of mine. And we need to understand that these obstacles in front of us, it's just an obstacle. Y'all ever read the last page of the Bible? Spoiler alert, it ends well. Well, you'll be all right, church. Don't waste time judging others. Instead, and next point here, remember that God will reward you. Remember that God will reward you. Uh, Proverbs 14, 14 says, Backsliders get what they deserve. Good people receive the re their reward. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. You know, <laughs> Pastor Chuck, yes, sir. Pastor Chuck, man, most generous guy I know. I, God bless you, Pastor Chuck. Oh, man. Blessed are the generous because they're the ones who feed the poor. Remember that God will reward you for dealing with this, for overcoming this, for going through this. And I know uh, sometimes whenever we, we do something that's difficult, whenever there's that one person bugging us and we bite our tongue and we held it in, that doesn't really feel like we're getting a reward, is it? Is it? We can be honest about that. Sometimes we don't feel it. But the truth is, thankfully, through advances uh, that scientists have been making in psychology and neuroscience, we understand that the habits we make form us. We become what we do. We become what we do subconsciously. And whenever we, uh, whenever we do something like that, like if you're normally the guy that will snap at somebody, once you get into the habit of being quiet and trusting Jesus with that, there's this phenomenon that takes place. It's known as neuroplasticity. Basically, neurons that fire together, wire together. You create neural pathways in your brain that are new, and you little by little start rewiring your brain into a new person. Or rather, the Holy Spirit empowers you to rewire your mind and give you a new character. So that way you can little by little begin taking on the character of Christ, learning to be as harmless as doves and as wise as serpents, church. And that is the greatest reward, church. Can you imagine a life in which even your worst thoughts, they're not even bad thoughts, you know, where God's transformed you that much? I believe it's possible, church. We these are our rewards. And that's just some of them, church. That's just some of them. Uh, point number six, never stop saying thank you, church. Never stop saying thank you. Never Stop being grateful. I know when I get uh, stuck in a rut, I, uh, I, I wrestle with depression. Uh, and sometimes, particularly like in the winter months, it gets hard. And uh, one of the practices I've got myself into was just keep a, a journal, write down some stuff that you are grateful for. Ground yourself in the things that you have because by doing so, especially in the morning, we are reminding ourselves and standing firm in the fact that in Christ we have all that we need. He says, look at the birds, right? They don't work hard to harvest. They don't, they don't try hard to look as pretty as they do. You know, they don't shop at H&M or Coronado Center, Cottonwood. Well, I don't know if anyone shops at Cottonwood anymore, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> and if God cares so much about the birds of the air, how much more do you, do you think he cares about you? And that's just Jesus talking, so take him at his word. <laughs> um, Never stop saying thank you, church. And that's something we try to do here at the church, too. If you, if you are the kind of person, maybe you're a mother, you're stressed out, and you just feel unseen, I promise you, just, just hang out. Just, just volunteer one day in the kids' department and the youth. You're going to get a million thanks, thank yous. 
Because that's one thing Pastor Richard has engraved into our mind, to give honor where honor is due. At least I'd like to think we are a grateful church, and I'm so grateful to be here. Like I said, I've I've been a part of many congregations. I've seen different congregations, and um, this one, don't tell anybody, is my favorite, guys. I love I love you guys so much. Yeah, we can say it out loud. New Beginnings is my favorite. You guys are the best because there are churches out there who they do their Sunday thing, they do their Wednesday thing, and they call it a day. But not here, not us. No, we're committed. We're reaching up. We're reaching in. We're reaching out. Like, have you all ever been to Giving Back to the Community? It's our annual event. It is one of the biggest events in Albuquerque, man. So many amazing things happen, happen there. And church. It's not just because Pastor Chuck does an amazing job at planning. It's not just because Tomas is so helpful with just moving literally everything, bro. You work so hard every time we do that event. (laughs) It's not just because Jessica's great with the kids. It's because you guys are here supporting. Because you guys are here giving. You guys are here serving. And more than anything, you guys are constantly lifting us up in prayer. Church, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because what you do is going to be echoed forever in eternity. With every soul won, church. Never stop saying thank you. Never stop being grateful. Um, And more than anything, we need to understand how to appreciate others. You notice um, in Nehemiah chapter 3, 71 individuals are named. He named 71 individuals. You guys know psychologically, when a person calls you by your name, uses your name, you know, when a person's like, hey, Vivian, how are you doing, you know? Vivian's more likely to listen and to feel, oh, I'm seen. They remembered my name, especially at church. Let's be honest, guys. Sometimes you forget people's names even at church, right? And it's like, oh, hey, brother. (laughs) Swallow your pride and say, I'm so sorry, my God. I forgot your name. Can you just remind me one more time? Uh, Bill, Jonathan, Steve, whatever. I'm so good to see you. So good to see you. And remember that I I like to write it on my hand sometimes just because, all right, Jonathan. We can remember that. The guy with the glasses, cool, you know? Acknowledge people by name, church. Follow this model that we see presented in this narrative. Next is recognize people's great attitude. You see, in Nehemiah 3.20, he specifically names uh, Baruch, the son of Zabai, who zealously repaired another part of the wall. Uh, And we also need to recognize people's extra efforts. In Nehemiah chapter 4, he mentions a guy named Merimoth, right? He's the son of Uriah. And he puts together uh, an entire section of the wall with a little bit of help. And then later on in 21, he decides to go and build another section of the wall. And Nehemiah makes sure to keep record of this as to acknowledge the hard work that's being done, church. That's what we ought to do to spur people forward. And you know, when you acknowledge, when you specifically point out what people are doing, what they're already doing, it has a way of bringing it out more. Are you with me? Like when you when you genuinely compliment someone, like uh, one of my favorite uh, compliments to just give around, especially when it's like, oh, just one of my favorite compliments. I love noticing people's beautiful smiles, the, the most genuine ones. And I just notice every time I say, hey, you have a beautiful smile, they'll smile more. You know, it's like, oh, look at that. It worked, you know. It, it's, it has a way of the more we acknowledge these things about each other, church, the more we cultivate these same gifts, these same beautiful things that we want to continue to celebrate and thank God for. But church, to be honest, all of these principles that we've laid out, all the things that we've talked about, it's just a starting point. It's just a starting point. Many of us, uh, we, we would like to take all these points and, you know, write them down and lay out our plan, and we'd probably already be there. But the truth is many of us are already juggling too many things to keep track of. 
Are you with me? Many of us, it's just, I understand we need to keep dreaming, we need to keep going, we need to keep building, but I'm juggling this and, and taxes are coming up and not to mention this and what about that and another payment and, and mortgage and rent is going up and all these things, you know. It's hard for us to dream sometimes. But church, I want to encourage you to keep dreaming. Never stop dreaming. Um, what's it called? I, uh, one of the things that I can't lie breaks my heart sometimes whenever we, we take some kids to IYC, sometimes they'll say, this is the first time I've ever left New Mexico. This is the first time I've ever left Albuquerque. And I'm like, you've never stepped foot outside? All you know is Albuquerque. And they're like, yes. And then, that, and then I realized that's why some of these kids, it's hard to motivate them because they can't see beyond all they already know. They don't know how to dream. And that's the work I've been doing with, with the kids, with your kids, saying, guys, it's okay to dream. Church, I'm telling you also, let's dream together. Right? How many of us know change is difficult. And we're still adjusting from this transition. We were just at uh, 3601 down where the Maverick gas station, Pastor Mike calls it the Maverick Church of God now. I think it's so funny. <laughs> we were just over there and now we're here and look at this beautiful building that we're at, but things are so different, aren't they, church? Some people are gone, but we've got lots of new people and it's just, where do we keep going? Change isn't easy, but that's why I want to encourage you, church, to keep dreaming and see where you fit here. See where you can rebuild. And more specifically, I want to challenge you. Maybe you're the kind of person who you've never really gotten involved at a church, and you just, you know, you, you don't know where to start. I want to encourage you to start just by reaching out to somebody. Everybody's got at least one person in here that you've seen the face every week. You can, you can draw the face to memory, no problem, but you don't know the name. After service, go and just, just make that connection. Just, hey, What's your name? Or better yet, you know, today church is Baptism Sunday. And we are celebrating people who are making that public declaration of saying, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And we are celebrating with them. One of the things we could do is why don't we, let's write a, let's write a note encouraging one of these people and give it to them. Write notes, guys. Like, uh, I grew up with technology for the most part. I grew up uh, more or less with a phone. And so if I wanted to tell somebody thank you, I just, you know, and then it gets lost in the other 450 unread messages. Let's write a note. Give them something tangible, something that they can see and hold on to because it means something. Your encouragement, church, your encouragement means something to each other. That's why Paul says we belong to each other. Or to go even deeper, maybe some of you have been following Jesus for a while and you've been a part of this church or maybe just church life for a while. I want you to begin reflecting on what describes your involvement in God's work on earth. What role do you play? Where do you fit? There's so much going on here, church. Everything from, um, from the youth group. We've got so many events planned, so many fundraisers. I just, uh, actually, just in between services, I, I talked to a lady who's wanting to help us. You know, she's really good at, at knitting and sewing and stuff. She wants to help us sell some blankets and, and do these fundraisers. Church, you have gifts. You can do the same. You can do great things. We can do great things together. We can go heal and restore lives through the love of Jesus Christ together, you know. There are some church traditions who refer to the people who run the church as priests rather than pastors, right? And the, the reason I like to make a distinction between that terminology is because priest often carries a connotation with it that means more along the lines of, this is the guy that will connect me to God, right? 
But we don't have priests here. We have pastors. We have Pastor Richard. That word pastor means shepherd. He's our shepherd. He's just spurring us forward, spurring us along. But I, I would argue that if you read the Bible cover to cover, you, if you analyze the themes, God is raising up a nation of kings and priests. Through the church, a new humanity is being built, and you guys are the ones who can connect with the divine, that can connect with God on your own. Follow your shepherd and go to the word and understand where you've been charged to serve, where you've been charged to lead, because each and every one of us has a gift. Each and every one of us has a place. Church, just look around. We got empty seats here. We got empty seats there. Yes, we got this big fancy new building, but there is still work to do, church, and we can do it. I believe in you. And finally, number three, to bring it closer to home. What section are you rebuilding here at New Beginnings? What section are you rebuilding here at New Beginnings? This is the community you've been placed in. That God, for whatever reason, decided that we'd end up here. And there's so much work to be done. We still got a kitchen that's not up and running. Uh, that's work that needs to be done. There's a bunch of, go- uh, there's, right now I got a, a bunch of games in the, in the youth area that I'm trying to fix, like a foosball table. I'm not very good with tools. If I, if I can get a manly guy to like help me out with, with that, like, you know, tons of things need to get repaired. <laughs> um, and you all are gifted in some way to help. You guys are all capable in some way, and I know that because I see you guys interact with each other. I see the joy that comes from the smiles. I see you just with the donuts and with your family, with your friends chatting, this genuine spark. That's something that's beautiful and that's something you can take with you no matter where you serve. And so church, finally, I just wanna close with one final verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, out of the New Living Translation says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Um, I, I preached, I had the opportunity to preach a, a few uh, weeks ago also, and I shared a poem, uh, and I, I just love poems, and I wish I had this one printed out to share with you, but there's one poem where the, the author writes, my God, my Savior, his arms are shaped like giant recycling bins and that he reuses, redeems, and recycles every plot of the enemy and instead changes them for his good. Like I said earlier, I wrestle with depression, and the truth is I also wrestle with anxiety from time to time. And anxiety is one of those things that I'm sure many could relate. Your brain is just everywhere. And one time I was just praying and thinking to God, like, how, like, my brain is here, and I'm here, and I almost felt like I lost touch of even who I am. Like, God, how are you going to redeem this? How are you going to restore this? And God goes, David, this mental gymnastics you do to try to figure out life, stuff that overwhelms you, I'm going to take that brain power and I'm going to teach you to use it and apply it to the word. So that way you can pick it apart, teach from it. And that's how we can redeem even those bad things. We feel like we've wasted seasons of our lives just doing this, just doing that. No, God's been building a testimony. And if you start today following Jesus, then the story that's waiting for you on the other side of grace Oh, if it were a Netflix series, we'd be watching that one day and night. (laughs) So church, let me pray a blessing over you. And if you need prayer this morning, I want to invite you to come to the front afterwards and let's pray together. 
Holy Spirit, we come before you just so grateful for who you are, what you do. I thank you for the way you love us, the way you empower us, the way you trust us with, the, with your vision, God. I pray that you allow us to find where we fit, to work together, to get along, God, so we can continue serving you and doing your work for your glory and for our good, God. I pray a blessing over every single person here, whether they're in person or online. I pray that you be with us, Lord, and you help us to see you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly day by day. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Church, you are dismissed. If you need prayer, please come to the front. Let's pray together. Love you, family. Walking in your freedom